David Schmeichel. Old David Schmeichel. David and I first met in 2013 after I was on a panel about websites and content when he connected afterwards to chat. Since then, we've had lots of chats, but not about content. Rather, they're all about mental health, story, and the power of connection. David's story is full of the human experience, deep, hard, dark, and full of love. While we had a wee plan for this episode of Businesses Are People Too, a podcast, it was not even remotely followed as, with all our conversations, we spoke to what needed to be addressed in the moment. And this time, it was all about the opportunity and hope that comes when we are suddenly given a completely blank canvas. Something so many leaders and entrepreneurs face especially in light of 2020. So, enjoy this amazing conversation I had with David on what if businesses chose to embrace their blank canvas. Hello there, I'm Lindsay Harrell, your host of the Businesses Are People Too, a podcast podcast. As a brand and content specialist by trade, mental health advocate and speaker through lived experience, and a quirky Canadian gal on a mission to bring more human back into our businesses and our communities, this podcast asked the question, what if businesses realized that they are people too? Now listen in as we explore the personhood of a business, uncovering what components, connections, and nutrients these live entities need to thrive as their true original selves. A labor of heart, of joy, and of connection. This podcast is for leaders who believe in humans. Now, are you ready to hear what could happen if businesses realize that they are people too? Great, me too. So let's do this together. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Businesses Are People Too, a podcast. With me today is David Schmeichel. And David is a podcast host, personal brand strategist, poet, and speaker. He's also the one coaching the visionaries and the difference makers to be seen and heard. David believes in stepping up and being known, being heard for the real ripples we wanted to make. The problem is we all keep playing it safe. There's something we could be doing, want to be doing, but not doing because our circumstances has, have stopped us dead in our tracks. For 20 years of David's life, he was doing everything everyone else thought he should do. He grappled with his own Goliaths in secret, feeling guilt, feeling shame. The conflicting inner dialogue feeling weighed down by the stories that dictated the steps to take. His defining moment was not the time when he woke up from the grand mal seizure, the tumor in his brain ignited. It wasn't even when he barely made it out of a house fire. He wishes it would have been when he waved to his would-be wife, or even that time his twins were born. And it was not even during when his 
when he was in the courtroom looking at the faces of his brother's killers. Now, epiphanies are hidden between the lines of the main story that is our life waiting for us to find if we don't mind unraveling the undefined. Look back at what's been done, at who we are and wanted to be. To achieve that which has yet to be achieved, you will have to be and do that which has never been done. There's always a choice. There's a ripple for purpose. It starts with committing and clearly defining creative, possibly even crazy yet compelling vision of the future. David, welcome. Thank you. That's the first time I've heard that said in that way, in, in the third person. And, uh, oh man, the story's in, in the back of my head going, uh, it's real now. And are you actually gonna do something about all those things that you've claimed you wanna do? And it just, it made it really real. Mm -hmm. uh, a new level of accountability. I've been working actually on a video that is me saying that piece, right? That, that was a, uh, a piece of poetry that I'd written. And I've been collaborating with, I'm excited actually, I'm, I've been collaborating with a pianist out in Vancouver. And he's been, he is a, um, I'll, I'll make sure I give the name. Well, actually, I'm going to get that name right now. His name is Craig. I can't remember his last name. Craig. Of course, I don't see his last name here. Craig Addy. So his name is Craig Addy. He's out of Vancouver. And, and he is, uh, he runs a YouTube channel called Under the Piano. Yeah. So he does improv music on, on the piano. And uh, I got introduced to him through a, a mutual acquaintance and he ended up listening to my piece and just produced uh, a song to go with a lyrical melody to go with that poem that I wrote. And uh, it'll be uh, in, in a very short amount of time available for people to watch and listen to. And, and I'm pretty excited. Please uh, share that link as soon as it's available. I am eager to listen to it. Yes, I will. So thank you for oh, thank for you. thank you for sharing that and letting us know the power actually of hearing one's LinkedIn profile summary read out to them. As as I think that's actually been one of my favorite things about these interviews is having people hear their own story reflected back to them anyways that's 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 a whole other conversation my dear absolutely we are here to focus on you and your genius and your your introduction uh part of the reason why i wanted to do this specific introduction is that your story is so full of the human experience right to its very core I mean, and you are just so gosh darn honest about it in such a beautiful way. And I'm wondering, though, if you can just share a wee bit about your journey and how it impacts your business today and the work that you're doing uh, with your clients. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'd like to say that uh, that it started with a an absolute clarity of direction and knowing 
without question that this was a thing that I was going to do and, and that I didn't falter along the way. It, everybody's story. Absolutely everybody's story. You are right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I did have a, a passion, do have a passion for, for being creative. And I was always drawing uh, uh, and creating when I was younger. And all through school, I had done that. And, and I applied to ACAD. So I'm, I'm a born and raised Calgarian. I moved to Vancouver for 15 years, but that's, that's an, later in the story. Uh, and I got rejected from ACAD and I made that mean everything. Uh, as in like, I'm not good at it. And so you may as well just put that down and uh, not bother. Mm. It was quite, quite finite, right? The decision at, at that point. And, and that's what I did. And, and so for, gosh, I didn't really pick it up until maybe 2006. I graduated 97. So there was a lot, it was a long time where I, I, didn't participate in my creative outlet or I didn't even entertain the idea that it could be other things. And, uh, and I floated around just aimlessly, not, not really doing anything worthwhile and stopping and starting most of it. And, um, and then wondering, you know, like, why, why do I feel the way I feel? Uh, there's something missing. And, um, and so that, that's that part, the, it, it triggered again in 2007, when I moved to Germany to run a bed and breakfast for about a year. And the, the creative juices ignited again at that point, there was a, a really starting from scratch, building a, uh, the, the marketing and, and the communications for this bed and breakfast that, that had been, um, closed for a while and uh and i started to see something again a curiosity and uh, so we did that for a year my, my brother and i we were out there for a year we weren't supposed to run it my uncle was supposed to run it but um he turned to be turned out to reveal his colors his true colors and he was a bit of an asshole and so we decided to run it ourselves and it was a home base for us as we explored Europe a little bit. And when I came back, I, I, I wanted to satiate that curiosity, that, that creative curiosity. And, and so I took some, some classes. I went to Langara and explored media and communications. And, and that was the, the official, like the door opened at that point to begin the journey, truly beginning the journey of exploring what it is that I could do thinking that I had landed on it many times like oh this is it it's not it but you have to you have to go through that process right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah you got to go through that process of exploring what doesn't work in order to get to what does and uh, I can't help but think wonder what it would have been like had I just been aware of that like that that was just the the cycle to go through uh when i got rejected at 18 years old and and told like listen this is just part of the journey you will be rejected uh if not most days of your life around something and mm -hmm. that's just how it goes and it's how we rise up to the occasion where the real difference is made like 
what, what would I have created at that point? And I get that that's a fleeting conversation too, but I, I wonder sometimes. I, I understand that completely. I do. So, so with that wonder, how do you use that now? Well, there was a lot of refining, uh, <laughs> a getting to, there was a, a level of courage that, that just started to show up and it was very automatic at that point. Uh, people would say certain things about my willingness to do something. And from my perspective, it was just, uh, this is just how I have to do it right now. No, like I gotta, I, I, I can't not uh, pursue something or explore uh, what might be next. I, I've done that already. And so it was a status quo, it was my new status quo at, at that time. And we, um, my wife and I, that before we had gotten married, there was, um, yeah, so that was in school. There was a, a lot of just allowing myself to be creative. Uh, and it also was the time where I almost didn't make it out of a house fire. So I, I had started school and my roommate, my roommate and I, we were off commercial drive for any of you who are familiar with Vancouver. And uh, I had just started school, two new laptops, uh, don't ask me why too, it just was how it happened. And uh, no insurance. Um, and something happened where uh, an electrical fire occurred uh, while we were sleeping. And I woke up to the front windows blowing out. And at that point, the, the fire was, was pretty hot. And uh, my roommate actually passed out in the bathroom. That's probably what saved his life. But from the time that I woke up to, um, to got, like got coherent around what was going on, the fire escalated, like it just compounded. Something must've lit up and it just uh, thick black smoke uh, was everywhere. And I couldn't keep the back door open anymore. And I had to just scream out the back door for my roommate to come out as I was uh, slamming, you know, knocking on everybody else's doors to wake up. Uh, and I had enough time to put my jeans on. I probably had a little bit more time, but I had that I had enough time to just put that on. Anyways, I, I say all of that because uh, there's something uh, profoundly impactful when you, when you lose almost everything like the clean slate that gets created. I had looked at actually that night I had the, the night prior, I had looked at a bunch of letters from old friends and old girlfriends. And I don't know what it was. It was like something just prompted me to check it out. They'd been in the shoebox for God knows how many years. And then that night the fire happened. Right. Hmm. Uh, so I say that because there was a completion that I had the opportunity to really embrace at that point. Again, not really aware of it. Hindsight is always the, uh, the contextual master, right? It, if you're willing to look and, mm -hmm. and make the connection. Uh, and so in that loss, I was, uh, I was presented with a blank canvas 
truly a, a, a blank canvas. And, and so that's what I did. I started to create newly and that, and it, it was a subconscious play for sure. Like I didn't realize that this is what I was doing, but um, it allowed creativity to, to show up again and, and, uh, and enabled me to, to keep exploring and pushing and just being more courageous every day, just taking a few more steps to be a bit more courageous. That's where I met my wife, my would-be wife. Uh, there's a, yeah, it was just this, uh, this unbridled um, bravery. Actually, I, my kids and I, we've been going through, and my wife, we've been going through this exercise of uh, clearly defining what it is that we hold valuable as a family and what is it that we want to create for the future. This is now the work that I do for for many people. It's mm -hmm. it's fundamental, I believe, to be able to to set the foundations at that level first before anything ever is done. Uh, that's necessary, right, to continue forward. But we we need to sit on strong foundation first. And two of the values that came out of it was courage and bravery, and they're distinct from each other. Mm -hmm. They are collapsed together, but they are. Uh, they complement each other if we allow them to. Uh, courage is a willingness to do things that, uh, that you find intimidating or scary. Uh, and then when you do it, you, you're no longer as scared of it, right? But there is no consequence necessarily to do something courageous within reason. Uh, now, bravery, on the other hand, Bravery is taking an action to do something, uh, knowing that it, it might uh, not turn out very well, but you must because uh, if not, something else equally tragic might occur. Mm -hmm. uh, so I use the example with my kids of uh, jumping out of an airplane. You need courage to, to do a skydive, knowing that you've got all the equipment and and you have the right people around you, it still takes something to jump out of that airplane, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, to jump out of an airplane, to go after someone who fell out, who doesn't have a parachute, not knowing what the outcome is going to be, knowing that you need to do it, otherwise, you know, something tragic is going to happen, that's bravery. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we need both now, I believe, in this world to... Uh, to feel like we're able to make progress, the, the necessary progress in our lives, professionally, um, personally. We need a little bit of, uh, of both of those uh, ingredients to make mm. the difference. And the fire did that for me. It, uh, it revealed both of them to me. And in that, I, uh, I got more courageous and uh, and entertained my my prospective wife like I was just more bold about things. And we we got married in under six months of when we started dating. Mm -hmm. And there was just a knowing, right? Uh, I, I just knew that this was the the right decision. And and this is the other thing. We just get to trust our gut. What what's there for you? And are you paying attention to it? Because it's subtle and it's quiet. Uh, and can be easily missed from all the noise that's that's out there and and vying for your attention. 
uh, and I, I just paid a little bit more attention back then and every, every day just progressively more attention and, uh, and then we got together and, and we began the process of co-creating, co-creating a, a studio that went to a small boutique agency that uh, gone through uh, all sorts of iterations and, and asking the question and answering the question, is this it? Oh, this is it. This right here is it. And then a little bit later going, oh, no, that wasn't it. I thought doing this type of thing for, for the people that I worked for or with was it. And then it's like, oh, no, but it's missing something. There was constantly something missing for me in this whole world of communications, marketing, and that whole arena, which is shrouded in, um, uh, in it's shrouded in a a background intention to like uh, coerce and persuade. That's that's where it comes from, mm -hmm. right? It comes from way back when the propaganda machines of Goebbels and, and the, the Nazi party and like shit, man, the, the, those tactics are still being used right now. And that I didn't, uh, I didn't agree with, like, I couldn't at the time, I couldn't explain it, but it's like, man, I, I don't want to be part of this machine, the, the, this uh, constant coercion and persuasion that just makes me feel off. And so uh, that was the journey is just figuring out, well, what, what, what can I do? How do I do it differently? What, what's missing? And, and I, I, I'm present to like, I let me know if I'm talking too much or if you want to say something like raise your hand. Cause now there's a background conversation like David, you're talking too much. <laughs> I'm not used to being a guest. I'm used to being the host. So <laughs> we've got two hosts here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. Um, go ahead. What I'm loving right now is, pardon me, is that you're sharing key pieces that leaders have to be able to tap into, um, particularly that knowing that, that, that understanding what the value is, what the value is in action and then is there a difference and i love that you were able to break down within your family even well here's what courage is here's bravery and here's what this looks like and to find that um because um the foundations that was the word yeah foundations was the word that you used there you use that word a lot as it, it is a great word to use as I think in my experience with you and of you is it always comes back to that is where are you being grounded from so that you can dream bigger? Like what is that actual fuel where you're, where you're holding yourself from so that you can explode off of it almost? Yeah, there's a, uh, there's a stability with strong foundations, isn't there? Mm -hmm. uh, we don't want to have a house that's built on sticks. Mm -hmm. We want strong, concrete, fortified, reliable, something that, um, that we can depend on. And 
that is going to be consistently there for us to lean on when it's required mm -hmm. not leave us with an uncertainty of whether it's going to stand the test of time right like is it is it still going to be there when i go back and i think that's been the the biggest um aha moment for me is most of the stuff that's that's going on out there in a in a marketing communications capacity from a a place of doing business is fleeting and not long lasting and we're always looking for the latest tactic uh the the latest trend hoping that that that's going to be it and mm -hmm. disappointed when it's not and and it it's always not not to say that it doesn't do something there is always something that it does in the moment but it's not long lasting and for us now we need long lasting but we need long lasting that is not going to atrophy either from our status quo that gets created right from our new normal quote unquote if we were to throw that one in there mm -hmm. um it, it can't be that we can't rest on our laurels we can't uh, be okay with okay so foundations have been set we're good to go and then allow the the integrity of said foundation to begin to diminish because it diminishes over time we need to we need to strengthen and reinforce and expand we are, we are growing we are we are ever growing and evolving as human beings well and, and that's one thing that you're that that is so wonderful that you beautifully share is it's okay to not be it it's okay to not be like oh this is the thing this is the thing this is my thing oh but maybe not quite yeah. and 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 to have the the courage and then the bravery as as you're as you're identifying there and being very granular about it which is what needs to happen um it, it's you know it's inspiring because it allows other leaders to think okay so i can evolve i thought this was it but there's just something missing but so i can continue this journey of searching without that guilt of this isn't it yes well there's an allowing mm. and an embracing and an exploring that starts to arise when you learn to be okay with the shoes that you grew out of. I love my shoes. Shoes and are great. I know, right? And and they don't last very long. I mean, that's not true. Depends how much you take care of them. Mm -hmm. But eventually, you need to replace them. Mm -hmm. And so that's what you do. And, and you replace them with something else that... Um, that is in kind it it now fits you where you're at now in that moment of your life and i think our businesses also must follow suit our leaders must this is not optional must uh, be willing to uh, to constantly be looking inwards and exploring and expanding oneself and understand having a better understanding of how we operate as human being not human beings generally generically but like point the finger to you human being how do you operate what happens in your world how do you get triggered why do you get triggered um what happens when you get excited why do you get excited what's so great about that like to allow the the space to to really explore with a curiosity 
uh, and then to define it, to, uh, to articulate it, to use these powerful uh, tools called words to be able to describe it so that others get it. This is how we communicate. This is how we create our worlds is through language. So how then for leaders, would you say, you know, start going inward, looking at that vision? Does it make sense? Is that actually a solid enough thing to go forth on? Is that enough thing? Like how, how can leaders, you know, it's one thing to say, you know, leaders need to be honorable and do that, but how, I mean, that's the thing is, is how can we do, like, what are some questions we can go inwards and ask ourselves to remove that fear of going deeper? Mm. Because that's a scary thing. It is a scary it, it's thing. a scary, scary thing. And that, that's go one deep, thing. Like, ooh, what am I going to find? And, and I mean, and it's triggering for some people and, and, and so it's easier to avoid. So how can we give the tools or support leaders in having those inner conversations with themselves as humans who are valuable um, and emotional and irrational, exactly, well, passionate and, and, and give them those tools to be like, Hey, I'm, I have gone inside. Something is not going right within this business, but first I need to get something right in me before I go into the business. So how can we have them start to have those create? This is a lot of questions. How can, <laughs> how, how can they start to be courageously looking inwards? Let's, let's start there. Yeah. Well, the, the <laughs> very first question that, that I would have anybody answer is if, if we were to look, if I were to look, if you were to look, let's use you as an example. If you were to look ahead into your future, the question to ask is, who do I want to be known as and know myself to be? Mm-hmm. So what type of person do you want to be is, uh, is a critical question to, to be relentless in the, uh, the digging deeper in. Like, don't, mm-hmm. don't just be satisfied with the the first cut right the the onion has many layers as they say and so to be known as and know myself to be a certain way well then then sit with that and and really challenge it it's like well is that who i want to be known as is would that make the difference for me personally and it's an intuitive play right again i mentioned it before there's a, a subtlety to the response. Mm-hmm. It's a feeling in your gut. Uh, there, there's the feeling that just kind of lands flat. It's, it's almost a void. It's empty. And then there's the uncomfortable, squirmy, exciting feeling like you're about to jump out of an airplane or the roller coaster is about to go down. You're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but you know you're okay. Yeah. So to notice that when you start to generate and, 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 uh, and explore, like it, it really comes from the dreaming and the exploring of what's possible and getting out of uh, getting it right. Like the notion of getting it right. You're not, there is no such thing. Mm-hmm. There's right now. 
and there is a possibility that you could create for the future. And, and if that like lights that fire, that, that little ignition, that pilot light is now blazing a little bit warmer, that's a good sign, a good direction to continue to explore it. Not that you've arrived and you're like, oh, I, I got it. I know exactly who, who I uh, need to be and, and who I want to be known as. No, you don't. You are uh, making a, a really, a really um, powerful declaration and assertion. It's not the truth, but it could be. And it's now in the steps to take towards that where you're going to notice it's like yeah i'm feeling really good about this this path this journey to towards becoming known as x whatever that might have been what what is what i'm hearing and which i think is often overlooked is you know we see these mountaintops but we often forget that we have to do a lot of walking and training to be get, to be able to get up to that mountaintop. Totally. And we forget to look at well, what are these key little steps, and who are we at each step? Uh, you know, what are our habits? What are our values at you know, use Everest for instance? Like, what are what are our it, are the tools and strategies we use to be able to get to base camp one the exact same that we'll be using to get to the top? No. Right. It, it's a different hiker. A hiker. Poof, it's a different climber. <laughs> Golly, Lindsay. <laughs> Definitely different hiker. You're definitely. Yeah, it's, a, it's a different person. It's a different mindset. Um, so what I'm, what I love it, but, but there's still that mountaintop goal always, right? As well, this, here's the, Here's the funny thing about mountaintops. Mm. We have it that there is a final destination. Mm. Mm -hmm. That once we hit the summit, we've made it. And, and it feels like that for a moment. But then now what? Then there's the question, now what? Mm -hmm. And so this is the thing that, that we get to give ourselves permission to allow us to continue to be on the journey of exploring the now what? There is no top to the mountain. There is no spoon. It, it's like the abstractness of, of the finite, uh, the retirement, you know, the end goal. I've made it. I'm, I'm at my porch looking at the lake. That's one aspect of a bigger dream. I don't know about you. And I love being by the lake. And I love being outdoors. Mm -hmm. And I get restless. Mm -hmm. And I love chilling out and I get restless and I'm looking for something to satiate the curiosity that's there. Yeah. Yeah. We get to do that in our lives uh, personally and professionally. We, we just, we get to decide there's a choice. We get to decide that there is more to explore or not. It's up to you, but the choice is always yours. We forget that. We forget that we actually have choice. Oh, well, I've gone this far in this career of XYZ, insert any career, it's a, it doesn't matter. And I guess this is just how it's got to go. Who says? You just said, you decided that that's how it's going to go. And you allowed influence of society and culture and family and all of these external um, 
they, they are influences for sure, but they are not the ones that live your life. So why do we allow them to, to, uh, to rein us in so much and, and to prevent us from really embracing and listening to that subtle little voice? They become the loud ones. So I'm wondering so many things. But specifically, <laughs> how then can leaders who have who are excited by this opportunity of we're never we're always we'll always reach the summit, but then we're gonna find new summits. Mm -hmm. Um how would you say how can they start cultivating that within their own people and, and cultures within organizations so that the business itself thrives as a connected individual? Yeah, really great question. And it points to your earlier mishap in language. Are we <laughs> hikers or are we climbers? Yeah. Because if we're hikers, why the fuck are we on this mountain? Mm. Mm -hmm. right as an as an exaggerated metaphor but truly like you're going in with your nike sneakers and your short shorts and uh and your iphone on your arm and forgive the the ridiculous visual <laughs> and you're ready to climb mount Enver everest and people are like uh <laughs> you're in the wrong place here yeah. Yeah. so you get to really look at who is there with you and what you said the objective is as an organization, and it's now twofold, is that actually the objective? Are we climbers? And then if we're climbers, well, what is important to us as climbers to really uh, clearly define that and understand it? Again, setting the foundations for um, the right sort of uh, directed effort now is channeled because everybody is clear we are this type of climber to achieve this type of objective. And if you're not a climber, it's okay, but this is not the place for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, some hiker companies that you could bridge the introduction to, right? There is a, there's always opportunity and it's really about finding, um, ensuring that you understand what the game is that you're playing and mm -hmm. who's required to play the game and then make sure everybody's on the right seat of the bus. Good, good old Jim Collins. It always comes back to the bus. <laughs> yeah, totally. Good old, good old Jim Collins. That's, I mean, I love that so much. Um, there's a freedom there. There's a, there's a freedom there. It removes the, it removes so much. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Obviously, it sucks when you find out you're not a fit with a company. Um, I mean, who doesn't like to belong? But but it's not a bad thing because there is that it, it removes that shame of, you know what? I was the problem and it allows it to be more of. We have different value sets, we have different definitions, we have different visions of who we expect our lives to be day in and day out. And that's not a bad thing. No. So and the, yeah. the leaders, the opportunity really at, at the level of leader now is to, to have those feel empowered, regardless of where they stand. 
that there is something to be done. And there's an awareness for us now as leaders to know if you commit to getting to know your people, you know what their strengths are, you know what they're capable of, what would it look like if uh, the, 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 the reality was like, listen, this is, this is not the place for you. And, and we, we both know it because we're actually both very aware of it. And there's a compassionate um, embrace, you know, like a, a, um, an intimate connection being made uh, to have someone feel heard and understood, not, not um, made wrong for what they lack, but, but rather acknowledged for what they can, uh, can do and, and, and do bring. And, uh, and now feeling supported in uh, the direction that maybe they don't know what the direction is, or maybe they do, but they feel supported in, in that, what needs to be done next, you know, mm -hmm. whatever that is. I think that's one of the other really big, uh, not even an opportunity. I, I would say it is uh, necessary for our leaders to take that on, not to do the work, but to have people feel empowered to do the work themselves and to, to show them and, and to create possibility with them. Leaders, we have a really great opportunity to be visionary we we demand it uh really if we when you think about it those that that are truly visionary we we are enamored by them for all sorts of reasons good and bad and it is what it is but and that's not why you do it to be uh, enamored by uh but it is a source of inspiration for people when we are very clear about what our vision of the future is and and where i could potentially find myself fitting inside of that big game or not mm -hmm. i'm I, i'm thinking specifically of when we of leaders i follow and those who i just would do anything for because i see their vision i see their passion and i'm like i want to be a part of that yeah. i want to be a part of supporting them on their way because holy gosh i can see it but only yeah, because of them it. i could never do it with but and then they see bigger and bigger and you're like okay i don't see it but i know they do so it's gonna happen well and trust gets in, installed then at that point because there is and this is the other thing that uh, we are very scarce in mm. trust mm -hmm. we mm. um we are resigned and we're cynical and and we've been burned and we don't know who to trust. We can't trust the institutions, um, the governments and, and all of those big corporations that, that really lack any sort of human um, uh, compassion or empathy. Like we, we really don't know who to trust anymore. And so uh, the impetus is on the leaders of, uh, of those organizations that uh, that are visionary in mind and, and have that tendency to embrace it and and begin to do the courageous act of putting themselves out there and sharing said big idea to because that's the only way you're actually going to find the right people mm -hmm. the right mm -hmm. people who will do what you said and 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 will will do what's needed on their side to help you fulfill on your big dream because it's theirs too. It's like, I, I could, I could totally, your dream could totally be my dream. 
Mm -hmm. I'm excited by that, what's possible for me over here. And, and I know that we can do something greater together. And so there's trust that gets built right at, at that. And it, and it gets built very quickly. Mm -hmm. It crumbles very quickly as well. Mm -hmm. Right. And it gets harder to replace after it's built. But um, so just, you know, don't fuck it up. Don't, <laughs> don't do it with the wrong intentions. If, if you got something big and you're not sure, put it on the table. Don't, don't give the impression that you've got all of your stuff together. It, it's a farce. It's, we know, we know you don't got it all figured out. And, but if you say you've got it all figured out, the assumption is like, oh, he's got it all figured out. And then when it's not figured out and something um, happens, we're like, well, what's the deal, man? You said you had it all figured out and trust is broken. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's a fickle, fickle beast. It's fickle. And then, oh my golly, well, trust is fickle or humans but that's a whole other conversation we don't have well, time for that my dear are, <laughs> like yes humans, humans are, are the fickle one but i i wonder um how i mean how can humans start being less fickle and again that that's that's a huge question how can humans start being less fickle I think a large part of that answered my own question, Lindsay. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Why did you answer that first? I know. Well, thank you. Thank you. I think it actually comes down to a lot of exactly what we're talking about is those values is, are we grounded in them? And more importantly, are we courageous enough to define them for ourselves? And then are we brave enough to speak on them? Because yeah, I know I myself have gotten into trouble for years because I have said, these are my values, but I didn't have the bravery to act on them until, until, until this, the past few years. But it's a real eye opener, I think, for companies when they realize we're not actually acting the values. So what, what, like, I just, I love that. Everything I've just said and asked myself and then answered. Yes. Along with your conversation. Well Bravo, <laughs> Bravo. Along with your chimes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm on the podcast. You got this taken care of. Yeah, there's a uh, when we free ourselves of the the baggage that is whatever we've created to this point, right? Again, um, house fire. Mm -hmm. The um, it, it was truly profound for me. And if we are, had I been more intentional about it, like aware about it, it's like, oh man. Uh, now that I've lost everything, I just read this today. Actually, it, it's from Fight Club. The only time you're truly free is when you've lost everything. And now there's that now anything's possible, right? Something like that. I probably butchered, butchered it completely, but um, that's it. And so as, as leaders, as businesses, we get to just dump it. Have you ever gone to the dump before? Have I ever gone to the dump? Yeah. Yes. To get rid of something. Yes. Not to pick things up. <laughs> Good, good clarifying I, statement there. Yeah, no mutual sure. mystification when it's with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I uh, I remember um, when I was helping my folks clear things out. Um, there, there was at a time when my grandma passed away, and they had moved back from Fort McMurray and then Germany. And I swear to God, there was like five households in in that garage. I don't even know how it's possible, and it was. And so we took a whole bunch of stuff to the dump. And there is something so freeing 
in letting go of that thing that you're like, oh, but you know, we might, we might use it again. There mm -hmm. might be a time where we need to use this strategy, tactic, whatever, service, software, fuck, like there's so much stuff that we acquire uh, personally and professionally, right? Books, um, well, maybe hang on to the books. Yeah, I'm like, really oh, good books, but you want me to do what with books now? Yeah, no, no, I'll take that one back. So long as they're good books. Yeah, yes. Um, but there are so many things that we never ever look at and, and we hold on to uh, in hopes that um, one day we, we will, or we'll make use of it. Well, consider you will never make use of it because you've already made use of it or, or are no longer interested in making use of it that it's that simple. And so free yourself and get rid of it and create the space now for something new to, to show up, mm -hmm. to grow, to plant, to nurture, that makes the difference, that's aligned with what it is that you're wanting to, to create and just get rid of all the other stuff. I, you know, I, I, we're coming to the end here, but what I love here about this is it's, I liken it to, Everyone always keeps their quote unquote skinny jeans. Here's the thing. <laughs> I don't have any skinny jeans, but I get what you're saying. When I was in my early 20s, I weighed exactly what I weigh right now. I have gone through immense body change and that I would never be able to fit in those jeans again. So I, why would I hang on to something that even if I am still the same size, that shape no longer fits me because I myself right. am a different shape. Yeah, yeah, totally. right. And so it's as companies, we're constantly growing and evolving. And so if we're holding on to these old products, these old things that once served us and served our old audience, because let me tell you, those genes served. <clears throat> um, but like it's 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 just why are we putting that energy? Why are we moving it with us from office to office? Because those jeans moved with me to, to, to Calgary and to many of the different apartments in Calgary until finally it's like, why am I just, why do I have these 10 years later? I mean, they don't make me happy. They remind me of things that once were, so you get rid of them. Totally. And now you go and you fit your new shape with your new life and your new values and who you are. And that's the exact same for business. You can shed all that and drop mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Oui, oui. And if you're not able to, then have somebody come in and do the calling for you. Yes. Get, get, because, because, so um, emotion is data, but we feel, we attach our feelings to things, our memories. And if we can stop, real, stop and realize we're, putting energy into something that we can put the energy somewhere else, but still have that same feeling in our heart. Yeah. It frees up so gosh darn much. And it's, I think business is learning that a lot these days with, well, with, with, with the changing world. There's of, an acronym that yeah. I like to use. Uh, and I ask people if they'd like to have more tea oh and God. no, I'm not referring to the drink. I'm referring to, uh, what would it look like if you had more time, energy, and attention? Because those are our finite resources. Mm -hmm. we, we can't get more time. Energy, yeah, it can, it can rebuild for sure. 
and attention is also a finite resource. We can only attention, we can only pay attention to so many things, even though we like to think that we can pay attention to all sorts of things, right? I'm multitasking, which is a farce in its own right. Um, so yeah, we have a finite reserve of uh, tea. And so where are you gonna spend it? What's gonna make the difference? And get rid of the rest. I love that. Be careful where you drink your tea. David, oh golly. Okay, so this was so wonderful. Um, I'm wondering though, if people wanted to continue the conversation with you, hear more of your brilliance and your genius, you know, where the heck can people find you? Well, they can search for me um, or they can go to my website, davidschmeichel.com. I am on LinkedIn. And actually, uh, so if you can't spell David Schmeichel, which I totally get, might be a, a tricky one. If you go to the baronunicorn.ca, it'll redirect to, uh, to my website. And yes, that is the name of our company, my wife and I's company, iteration seven actually of said company. Um, so yeah, the Baron Unicorn and um, davidschmeichel.com. LinkedIn is also a big, big uh, stomping ground for me. So feel free to connect. I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. And I will be sure to include all those wonderful links in the podcast show notes. Sweet. Now, David, are you ready? Lindsay. Okay. In your mind of opportunity and possibility, what do you believe would happen if businesses realized that they are people too? We would um, all be a bit happier and feeling a bit more fulfilled and a bit more excited about what's to come and not dreading Mondays as much, I suspect as well. Mm -hmm. I love that. Let's make Mondays marvelous again. Yes, marvelous Mondays. <laughs> marvelous Let's, Mondays. Let's do that. Fantastic. Alrighty. David, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story, to share your genius, to help us step a little bit more into our truth and have that courage to look inwards and then the bravery to grow from that. So thank you so much for being here today. It's greatly appreciated. Yeah, thank you. It was a lot of fun. Yay. Well, until next time, big hugs and big love and we'll chat soon. Can we all just take a moment, one wee moment, to digest all that David shared? There is so much power that comes when we accept that rejection is part of our journey, that even with a solid foundation, we still need to reinforce and strengthen these foundations as we evolve, and that we can continually choose to free ourselves from the baggage of our pasts to show up differently today. Thank you, David, and thank you, lovely listener, for choosing to go inward and listen. As always, you can find all the links David highlighted in his episode show notes on anchor.fm slash businesses are people too, including how to spell David's last name. After all, it's not the easiest thing to spell. And of course, until next time, friends.
Oh, hello, Lindsay Harl here, just to say a huge thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode of Businesses Are People Too, a podcast. It's listeners like you who are going to change the way business is done, bringing real human connection back into our businesses and our communities. If you believe that businesses are people too, and are curious about how you can add more human into your business, brand, and values, then let's chat so you can take action that actually matters to you and your people. Simply email lindsay at therightharl.com or find me online at www.therightharl.com. This podcast would simply not be possible without you. So, to never miss an episode of Brilliant Minds We're Going to Learn From, be sure to subscribe and listen on your favorite podcast platform. You know, either Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Of course, if you really enjoyed this episode, you would make my heart do a wee giggle if you left a five-star rating. Now, until next time, big hugs, big love, and have a most awesome day.